Warning, we are a spoilers podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast. And we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. All right, pussies, this is your final warning. another episode of cinematic anarchy i'm chris and i'm zef and we are we are here we are here yes we are a a low budget podcast uh talking about low budget cult cinema movies and uh today's fair is a double feature we're going to be discussing hobgoblins and hobgoblins 2 which are essentially the same fucking movie just about 20 years apart but it's it's weird because the way that they initially put it out is they initially state that uh, this is the the a, a continuation. This is the sequel, and when it first the first one, it's you know it has all the same characters, and then the second one is based off like the same character, but now he's in a mental institution, and they all remake they all re meet up. Okay, is what it says, but so- it's completely different. Like if you read the plot. Like online, it states that it's the next ins- like it's a continuation, right? And and when you watch the movie, okay, so the main character that we're discussing is is McCready. So McCready uh, in the first movie, he is a security guard taking care of an old movie studio who accidentally, along with uh, a new security guard, um, set free the hobgoblins. His little secret that he's had for many years in the. Second movie, he's playing essentially the same character. So McCready in the mental institution has full memory of everything that happened from the first memory uh, movie. Yes, and you can tell that. But the little group that 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 group of friends, uh, the, that five piece that they have, of uh, it's like a, a Kevin, Amy, Kyle, Daphne, and Nick. They don't seem to have any recollection of who this guy is whatsoever. They just see him as some crazy guy that they're introduced to by their college professor. Mm-hmm. And this is years later. I mean, one of the characters was in the army. Uh, come to find out, in this one, he's dishonorably discharged. They're all in college, which they weren't in the last one. So it's definitely a, a, a continuation in some points. And it seems like Kevin kind of has not like he when he looks at McCready. It's like I know you, but they never like address that either. Right. So it's it's like McCready kind of recognizes them and Kevin sort of recognizes McCready and so they kind of connect a little bit there in the second movie but it's like McCready kind of had a fever dream that was the first movie yeah you know like it's, <laughs> like I'm sorry getting attacked by you know little alien creatures in the first one that would stick with me for the rest of my life and me having a character yeah I worked with you for a day 
<laughs> but we went through some shit. I'd remember that. You know, However, he, as old as McCready was in the first movie, uh, he would not be alive in this second movie at that particular time period. He would be flat dead. He could be, you know, holding on. Not um, looking that good? He, he looked like a guy in maybe his 60s at best. In the first one, in the it first was movie, over. he looked at, he looked like he was in his seventies. He couldn't. He looked like he was running with a diaper attached. Yeah, but that's that was because <laughs> of the hobgoblins. They after destroying them in the first one, he got like internal, um, like internal life, and now his whole life he has so to fight hobgoblins. His fantasy is to live forever. What if this is his fantasy? I don't know. They, they said they were going to make a uh, a hobgoblins three. Uh, when we watched the uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray disc, there was a little Comic-Con thing where um, Rick Sloan, the director, he was uh, talking to the fans. He had uh, It was Rick Sloan, I think Kelly Palmer, the original Daphne, was there. And they were discussing, hey, you know, we were supposed to have a Hobgoblins 3 out later this year. And I'm like, well, that was, what, 2009? And uh, now it's... Uh, so... Ten years later. <laughs> so, uh, those of you who are listening, there are two char- two female characters. One of them name is Daphne, and which is the other? Amy. Amy. Um, so that's the main group of friends. Who do you think the whore was, Daphne or Amy? Are, are we asking the audience? Because yes. I already know. Oh, we already know. Like, so we're just giving them a couple of moments and to. I, just- I want you guys to give your own honest opinion, you know, comment on this. Well, uh, if they've seen Hobgoblins and they're listening then to you'll this, understand. they already know. Uh, if you're here for just to see whether it's worth watching or not, I liked it. I mean, uh, I mean, all you have to do is watch that first scene in Club Scum where she... Pre- hi, Daphne. Hello, Daphne. Everybody's saying hi to Daphne. They know so, her yeah, well. Daphne is the whore. Uh, Daphne. Daphne was not exactly true to her boy Nick when uh, he was in the military. Mm. Uh yeah, Nick, yeah, he comes back from the military, and the only thing that he seems to remember of his military training is how to fight with a rake. A rake and uh, a, a shovel. So, uh, yeah, that's like near the beginning of the movie. Um, near the beginning of the movie, before he goes to his first day, uh, Kevin goes to his first day as the new security guard at the studio lot. Uh, he and Amy uh, run across Nick and Daphne, and they all kind of get together in the home there, and of course, Kyle... Who can forget, you know, Harry palmed Kyle there, and somehow it comes to be that they that uh, Nick challenges Kevin to a fight on the front lawn, basically. And he's like, "Oh, look what I learned in the military, bro!" And uh, Kevin gets the hoe, and uh, Nick gets the the rake, which is the exact opposite in real life, because you know Nick gets the hoe in real life. Yeah, that would be uh, Daphne, but. <laughs> So they're they're fighting on the front lawn. This is probably the first point in the movie where I, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the original death scene, that original guard in the in the yeah. in the vault. The first scene that I knew this movie was going to be bad, 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 was when they got into that fight on the front lawn because it was kind of cute and campy up until then. Yeah, and then it was, every every hit it was like, <laughs> so they, you can tell. <laughs> That this movie studio that they're talking about is an old Warner Brothers cartoon lot, because all the sound effects in this movie came straight out of the Warner Brothers cartoons. Just about. Uh, every time they smacked those rakes together, they, they there was sounds like that. Uh, there was a headbutt in the movie that sounded like two coconuts cracking together. Yeah. You know, it was just horrible, horrible sound effects throughout the entire movie. Not to mention the the hobgoblins. Mm. Uh, Definitely in the second one. 
They were a lot more animated than the first. I liked the Hobgoblins in the second one. They were a little bit more animated in the second one, not the first one. The second one was better. The yeah. first one was, like, there was no movement at all. People, they're fighting a teddy bear. They had to reach behind them to grab the teddy bear to pull them onto themselves to be like, I'm getting attacked. So the, the Hobgoblins themselves kind of looked like a cross between the Gremlins and the Critters. Mm-hmm. Two separate movies. But every time they attacked somebody and they're rolling around on the floor, it just looked like they were rolling around with a rejected toupee from Don King. Yeah, with it, with no blood. Like, you guys are getting injured by these things, but no blood at all. So for a campy 80s horror movie, there's, like, no blood, like you were saying. Well, there was a little blood. I don't think there was any There, blood. there was blood in the beginning. The, the, oh, the, the guy, guy the, cut the, his finger off. No, no, no. That was the second movie. I'm talking the first one. When the, the guy who had the dream of being the rock star, the security mm. guard that first got lured in there, when they found him, he was covered in blood and laying on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, you didn't see any actual violence. You just saw the dude laying on the ground, the aftermath. And then uh, McCready just locks him in the locks him in the uh, vault, which is where he was keeping them. And uh, the, the whole time he's telling people, he's like, he's like, everybody's like, oh, what's down that hallway? He's like, nothing, don't worry about it, old machinery, it's dangerous. You know, not giving, I feel like, you know, you give a definitive reason why not to go down the horror hall. Right, or, or at the very least, if you've got something locked away in the vault that you don't want to get out, weld it shut. Yeah, you know, it's not Make being it so used clearly. Make so nobody can get in there. It's clearly not being used because... Um, you know, the executive has no idea that there's been hobgoblins being stored in the vault for many a year. Obviously, whatever movies this particular studio was making, nobody really gave a shit to see what was in the vault. That's the movie vault. Hmm. That's the vault where all the movies are supposed to be kept, and obviously nobody's going in there. That one guy who was trying to rob the place. Uh, yeah, well, we don't know what he was really doing, do we? I mean, he kind of ended up around there somewhere, around the vault, because that's how Kevin ended up letting the hobgoblins loose, but we really don't know what he was doing other than, I guess, when McCready first came across him, he just wanted to give him a hug, <laughs> hug and a knife. Here, I got a hug and a really, really violent him. shave for you. You look he, like he could use a shave. You know, and, and it's so bad because, you know, Nick has his, his super slutty girlfriend, and Kevin, who's dating Amy, is <coughs> dating the biggest prude ever. And, um, you know, when they do their little fight, their stick fighting scene in the Kevin beginning. Kevin loses. Kevin loses, and Amy just is like, oh, yeah, I can't believe it. Like, you're embarrassing me. You and humiliated like, me. Like, he's an army man. He just kicked my ass with army so I- techniques I know nothing about. I don't think she was a prude because that fantasy that came later on, she was just severely sexually repressed and wanted him to be like a bad boy like Nick was, but he just wasn't. He wasn't that guy. She was trying to sleep with Nick. It's a right. terrible girlfriend. I would have dumped her right in the beginning when she got mad. Like, you're embarrassing me. You'd be like, yeah, bye. Okay, I just got uh, got laid out by a guy in the military. I have no military training whatsoever, so I feel like I stood my own as much as I needed to. And uh, you're embarrassed by me? I'm embarrassed by you. <laughs> you and you and your goddamn librarian turtleneck wearing ass bitch. He should have just gone out with Kyle. Kyle needed somebody. Oh, yeah. Kyle. Uh, uh. Kyle. Kyle takes a break and he's constantly running up. Uh, so this is in the heyday of 976 numbers. The, you know, $3 mm. a minute and we'll we'll sit here and give you a recording for you to listen to and, and uh, 
you know, soil your palms with. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, he, what are you wearing, baby? Yeah. Kyle has this thing for a particular 976 number where this girl named Fantasia resides. And uh, this thing insinuates that somebody live actually picks up on the other end and you can talk to them, which was a rarity back then. They were all, like, recorded messages. A new adventure awaits you tomorrow. That's a new recording. You're not talking to a live person on the end. They're not taking responses from Everybody's you. Everybody's getting the same hand job, blow job. You know? <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, yeah, I love that, because somebody else calls in. Please hold. If you call into a 976 number, are you holding? It's $3 a minute. You're not I'm, holding for anything. I'm holding my dick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, put that away. Anyway. <laughs> not now, not now. And of course, you know, Kevin or comes in I? and he's in the middle of that. He's like, hey, who are you calling? Oh, I'm just calling my girlfriend. I'm, we're not going to introduce you, but she's kind of shy. And he's like, oh, because, uh, you know, be careful with my phone lines. This, like, they keep, I have to keep calling the phone company be, to cancel charges because they keep saying I'm calling this number, the sex hotline number. And he's I'm like, oh, that's that. so weird. <laughs> well, he's on the phone with the sex phone line. <laughs> Right. So he's obviously, you know, racking up a bill and kind of charging it to his boy Kevin there. And Kevin's none the wiser. So a bunch of a bunch of idiot friends, really. They're all kind of stupid for each other. I mean, Kevin's, at the end of the day, you know, Kevin has the most, like, morale. And, like, he's, like, the most human out of all of them. He was probably the most put together. I mean, Kyle, Kyle is uh, so sexually frustrated that he was willing to sit in a car while Fantasia tried to push him over a cliff. No, you just sit right there. Just sit right there. And Fantasia's in the back trying to push the car over the cliff. He hops out to see her doing it. Do you need any help? Now, mind you, this isn't the actual version of Fantasia. And in, in, in the first movie, what it is is that the, the uh, gremlins... Not they, gremlins. Wrong movie. Hobgoblins. Uh, hobgoblins. I am sorry. They, they look similar. But uh, the hobgoblins... They, um, what they do is they give you your world, your, your greatest fantasy, but as you are living out your greatest fantasy, it kills you. Right. So his greatest fantasy was his, his woman and she's trying to push him off the cliff and he just, yeah, just completely. You know, and the funny thing is that there's only one person uh, maybe two. Two that were just not affected. No, actually, just one person that wasn't really affected by the fantasy thing. There was one person that would not let them take over her mind. That was Daphne. Yes. Because she... she was the only person that just did as she pleased. She was yeah. not. She, she lived out her greatest fantasies. She didn't repress them at all. Yeah, like she was always out there. Kevin, his greatest fantasy was to be like the world's greatest military man. Now Kevin, now Kevin just wanted Rambo. to be able to, to to impress his girlfriend. That was his whole. thing. Oh, Kevin, I was thinking, I was thinking of Nick. Nick was the the Rambo guy. Yeah, he wanted to be be Rambo basically. And, 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 was his drill instructor actually there, or was that part of the everything? I think that was part of the every the, the whole fantasy thing. I think maybe he had a thing for his drill instructor. It's possible. Yeah, maybe. You know? And he comes he over. Wants and he's that just, that praise from his drill instructor. Yeah, where he's, he's like, all right, man. You know, and then he, but the thing is, is like he's trying to recruit Daphne into you know my, uh, you know casting couch in the van with all the other military men that he says he has. Right. And so that's why I'm like, was he real? Was he fake? Was he real? Or was he fake? Right. So well, that's where Daphne kind of broke the thing. She was like, I'm not 
no, I don't want to do this because he's like talking about her entertaining at the USO and entertaining the troops, and he's like, I got a whole truck full of them outside for you to entertain, and when you're done with them, so her initial fantasy is just to get gang banged. No, I think that's where they went wrong. I think like they they tried to play it up that way, and that's why she was like, "Oh hell no, I'm not doing that. I could do that whenever I want." I think her fantasy was to be recognized for something other than what she was, <laughs> and that's why she was kind of susceptible to the whole USO thing. Oh, I'm gonna perform for the troops and this, that, and the other thing. And, and then when he she realized what exactly this guy was asking her to perform, she was like, "Oh hell no," and that's that's what broke the spell for her. <laughs> And, you know, at one point, um, the drill instructor throws the grenade down on the ground, and he's like, save your men, and friggin' Nick jumps right on it, you know, gung-ho Captain America style, only it's a real grenade, and he gets bursted into flames. Supposedly. Which, um, fun fact, there's no light when a grenade goes off. No. It is an explosion. So the grenade goes off. And the, the, the thing that I noticed about that scene, what you're left with is you're left with smoking boots. So basically, somebody threw a grenade to kill the hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. It killed the hobgoblin. Apparently, it was supposed to have disintegrated Nick right on the spot, but the hobgoblin's just laying on the ground like a dead stuffed animal. No smoke, no nothing. Doesn't look like it was damaged at all. Aliens. Destroyed Nick less than a foot away. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah, I'm pretty durable. I mean, you would have figured the... the, the Don King fur would have been singed a little bit, but yeah. Which you know, so you you have everything going this way, and at the end they finally defeat the, these hobgoblins. Right. Now they were alien creatures initially in the first one. Right. Or was that McCready's? Could have been fantasy. McCready's fantasy. I mean, that's kind of how they were playing it out in the second one. Because in the second one, so what they end up doing is they end up blowing up the studio at the, the end one. in the first one to kill it. To kill all of them. Then in the second movie, it's McCready in a mental hospital for blowing up the the, the, studio. the studio. But now everything else has changed. The hobgoblins are based off of fear, so it's like the the, the Bloody Mary, like yeah, um, it's it's kind of like Beetlejuice. You call his name three times, the fucking things appear. You know? Yeah, or Bloody Mary is more accurate because Bloody Mary is supposed to appear and, and kill you. So they they end up essentially. You know, when they when they go there now they're all in college. Right. You know, uh, Nick got his federal grant from the military. Kevin would like just pass his SATs. I guess I forget how he got in. I don't Daphne know. slept with her professor. Right. Um, Amy was just book smart. Amy and, was like the smart one of the group. Yeah. But they were all back to their because they were kind of had put away all those issues in the first movie. So by the end of the movie, Amy's sexual repression had gone away and. They did. They, they, did, they yeah. did it. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin got some booty. And uh, by the by the time this next movie comes up, they're all back to their old. You know, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a hoe bag, and this one's a prude, and the, all the same stereotypes from the first movie. Yeah. Which I was so happy for uh, Kyle in the first one when you know we we think that uh, Nick is dead, and he gives Daphne a flower, and she's like, "Oh my God, nobody's ever given me a flower before," and it's like, "All right, he's finally gonna get some." Little scumbaggy, because you know her boyfriend just died, and that was your friend. Yeah. But whatever. And then I don't Kevin... think Nick was anybody's friend. He was just Daphne's boyfriend. Mm. No, that, that does make sense. <laughs> but even so, it's like you know, he he comes walking up like all hurt and everything, and Daphne's like, "Oh, forget this flower immediately," and tosses just... it on the ground. And goes with Nick again. Now, now Kyle's just 
you know, with Mary Palm and her five sisters. And yeah, he ends up doing the same thing with a different Fantasia uh, in this movie because yeah. you know, advent of online technology. Now he's yeah, dealing now with an online fantasy version of Fantasia who's maxing out his credit cards. Yeah. But uh, what gets me is I just feel like this was a complete remake, and they brought little things from the first one. And made it into the second one. Yeah, it was... I mean, a lot of the same jokes were done. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, all of the, the old stereotypes, except for this time, they had to get over those stereotypes by overcoming their fears. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, you know, it wasn't even, like, to morally change themselves. It was, like, the first one. The first one, like, yeah, you get to live out y- your fantasy, but the, it, your fantasies may kill you in the end. In this one, your fear will kill you. And, like... Kevin was afraid to stand up for himself. Right. He he ends up doing so with um, his teacher. Right. Amy is afraid of d- dolls. Yeah, that that was a little weird. Uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, basically afraid of puppets. Puppets, yeah. Which I thought was kind of a funny little pun because obviously the things that are trying to kill her are puppets. Yeah. Uh, why'd you even have to become other puppets? You I'm guys afraid of puppets. puppets. Well, that's funny because guess what's going to kill you? It's, it's so, a fucking puppet. Yeah, but it's weird just how like the gremlins' powers change in the end. Because right. before it was fantasy, now it's fear. Well, I mean, it is it is a, a technical sequel. I want to say, I want to say, you got to treat that like a, a DC Elseworld. Uh, like DC, they have Elseworlds where like you have kind of the same character, but it's a different twist on the same character. So it's kind of the same storylines, but it's just it deviates a little bit. Hmm. Uh, I want to say that's kind of what this did, except for the only character that didn't deviate was McCready, because McCready was a literal continuation of the first movie. Right, like, he blew up the, the place. Now he's in a mental institution for blowing up the the his job. Right. Even though it wasn't his job, he got fired on that one. And that, he's like, oh yeah, boss, uh, you remember how you fired me? There was nobody on duty and the place is on fire. Turns out, you're screwed for the insurance. Yeah. I like that about him. His, his boss was a dick. All right, and he, he laughed. He, he was very happy about that. Oh, yeah, nobody was on duty when that happened. I guess you're screwed. Yeah, see you later. Now you threaten him after you blew it up. And, uh, you know, they, they end up... The mental hospital, when they first get there, the guy who, like, just cuts his finger off. Right. <laughs> you want to you wanna see a magic trick? No, no, like, how many fingers am I holding up? Three. Nope, two. Like, oh, shit. Right, and then he cuts off his fingers, and how many am I holding up now? <laughs> they go, and they're like, don't engage him. He said he just wanted to play a game. No one else wants to play a game? And they use uh, Amy as sort of a pun. Uh, like, the first time you see Amy, uh, or one of the first times, when they're do- having their little party at night while Kevin's doing his thing, <laughs> she's sitting and reading a book. That literally is, is is a memoir of a call girl. Yeah. Right. So you, that's that's how they kind of touch on her sexual oppression there, and then uh, the second one was uh, uh, very when she was in college. The college version of Amy was very abnormal anatomy, or very abnormal psychology. Yeah. So they're using they were... like books that she's carrying around as puns. Yeah, and like you know, the... I understand her fear. Uh, Kevin's fear was combat, which is weird because that was his fantasy previously. Right, right. Um, Daphne's fear. I don't was, remember her fear. She wouldn't watch the scary parts of the movies. 
she always closed her eyes. So it seemed like she was never afraid, but she's always been afraid. Right, right. So she's, like, afraid of everything, kind of. Then, uh, uh, poor Kyle. Kyle's fear was being bankrupt by the person that he was in love with. Well, Well, essentially being used and admitting that he's being used by her. Like, it, it, his fear was the well, knowledge of it. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, he's 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 going to a pornographic website. They're free. Well, they are now. They're free then, too. 30-second no. clips all over the place. They showed boobs on the home Back screen. That was enough. 2009? Yeah, I've been jerking what, off what? since way before then. <laughs> with what he was doing, <laughs> with what he was doing, no. Like, the kind of stuff that he was doing, he was going online to, like, webcam girls... And back then, that you paid them. You paid for any access to them. If you want to have that interaction, like he was in love with this. Myfreecams.com. Yeah, well, guess what? He was obsessed and he had like one on one interactions. So those private rooms, yeah, those are not well, free. Well, the, the private rooms are not free. And uh, she I don't definitely know, and, was using him for his money. Oh, 100%. Oh, baby. <laughs> Just, you know, 15 more dollars and we can have a private session. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely using him for, for what he had. And that was his fear, like, that she had maxed out his credit cards and he had no way out of it. Which, you know? at the end of the day, you don't. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, ultimately his fear was not having enough money to continue to see her, yeah. if you think about it. And they end up, um, like, the way that he breaks this is to cut his card. Right. To, to give up I'm on... I'm not paying you anymore, and just... His his was kind of more along the fantasy line, like from the first movie. Right. So, I mean, his fantasy was literally killing him. Yeah. And this one almost did, too. She comes reaching out of the computer screen, starts choking him up. But, I mean, even with, I feel, with low-budget technology, I mean, if you, if you watch trauma movies, there is so much more that they could have done with this flick mm. to make it a little bit more... I guess I don't want to say believable because it's hobgoblins. It's not going to be believable, but uh, at least make it a. I want to say a little less of a, a severely low budget looking movie. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel like they should have made the the hobgoblins a little bit more real looking. I mean, like dress somebody up in 2019. There was plenty of makeup. I mean, definitely looked exactly like she did in the old movie. Still wearing the 80s gear from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, two completely separate actresses, but they did very well finding her second. Like, the other guys didn't really look like their originals. Yeah. None of them, not even McCready. And uh, the Daphne one, though, was, like, spot on. Kind of looked almost exactly like the original. So what I what I kind of liked, and this kind of, like, it kind of sprang, like, a fan theory in my head, is McCready was the guy sitting there at the... At the like he was the head security guard. Okay. Then Kevin comes around. Kevin like is dressed up the same exact way that he is dressed. Okay. Then you go to the the future scene and McCready's in the mental hospital and they're like wearing pretty much the same exact thing except McCready has a shirt tucked in. Oh. Like the the shirts are a different color, but it's the same exact look. So it's like, is McCready, is this like some sort of like, like, they're connected, like, future past type deal? 
I and that's say, why McCready like always recognizes him and is like, "Wow, you're a good guy," you know, and like he he just has respect for him because that's like his the next reincarnation of them. I want to say like a Back to the Future kind of thing where he sort of recognizes him even though he's part of an alternate timeline. Mm. That's what I feel. Yeah, so like, like it's an alternate timeline kind of thing. But like that, I like I was kind of going on the level of like he is. They are the same person. McCready and Kevin are the same person. Just him when he was just like traveled back to try to fix the mess. Yeah, and he started. Maybe if I blow up the um, this place, we'll be able to fix it. No. Oh well, maybe if I um, maybe if in this future, you know what I mean. This is, and he finally figures out the way to do it is to face your fear. All right, all right, I can see that. As opposed to killing them. All right. So moving on from the the gushing about these two badass movies or bad movies that were kind of ass. Uh, let's let's discuss what you think your favorite character from each movie is. All right. Um, All right. Well, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, want me to go first? Yeah. Well, I think about it. I gotta. All I right. gotta. So the first movie, my favorite <laughs> character in that entire movie, has to be the club scum DJ, the weirdo mm-hmm. from the, the that's uh, basically insulting everybody on stage. I was played by Darren Norris. Yeah. Honestly, fantastic actor. I think he's still doing stuff at this point. Yeah. One of the few from that movie that is still out there making bank. And what uh, about the second one? How do you feel? The second one, in all honesty, I, I really found it hard to love much of anybody in there except Daphne. Daphne, everybody else seemed to be so devoid of charisma, and Daphne just was just my favorite of the second movie. And they didn't make her out to be as much of... She was loyal to Nick in that particular movie. Mm. They didn't make her out to be the town well, doorknob. No, I mean, even so, she still was. How'd you, how'd you guys even make it here? Oh, I slept with my teacher. I, I want to say that, that that felt like more like... Oh, I was a little too close to the microphone for that eye. I. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like that was sort of like a pun... Like, she was kind of saying that jokingly. Not that she actually slept with her professor. I feel like they were kind of... I, I think she... Because, no, like, even even uh, Nick, like, was throwing, like, you know, sexual endowendos, like, I like at her the whole time. Like, who hasn't done it with Daphne? Who hasn't been locked in a closet with her? So, like, essentially, okay, she, okay. you know, he's, like, he was throwing that out in her face the whole entire time. Which, she, clearly, like- she likes being treated like dirt. There wasn't anybody that they had run across. Like in the original movie, the people they ran across people all the time. No, Daphne. As soon as they hey, Daphne. The How are you, Daphne? The, the in the second one, uh, Club Scum burnt down. Did that have to do with them? I, I want to say yeah, that clubs. But see, they didn't even have they any recollection re- of the place burning down. I thought we were gonna go to Club Scum. Oh, that place burnt down months ago. Right. You know. This is what I'm saying. It's like I think the original movie. All right, it does it does play in, but I think it's like an alternate timeline kind of thing. Like maybe something happened when they originally killed the hobgoblins that they like forced something that sort of displaced like McCready in the timeline, and so he eventually ends up in a, a nut uh, a nut bin, ready for electroshock therapy because he thinks that he's still in that original timeline. I think maybe it displaced him somewhere. The original timeline, as well as the. Uh... Uh, the lobotomy's going left and right. Ah, uh, yes, lobotomy guy. I liked him. He was kind of... At first... That might was... be my favorite from the second movie, the lobotomy guy. Yeah, I, I do have to say he's my favorite. He's, um... 
Like, at first, he's just a crazy nut job. I'm going to cut my finger off. They give him a full front, uh, like a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. He has a scar on his head the whole time, but he's just like... Uh, can you give me directions? To, can you give me directions <laughs> to this room here? And Well, let's see. First room here, and then the second room, and then the, the third room, and then he just pauses. Now, the first room here, and then the second room is this. He's like, come on, like, let's go. And he's like, I don't know, maybe because I don't have my full brain. Like, yeah, It'll take less time for me to just find this place on my own. Right. Forget you. Uh, my first one, the first movie for me, definitely McCready. I mean, I, there were some things I didn't like about him. He, like, why, why not tell everybody this shit? Because it's... Really, like, if he just told people, like, you know, eventually make a big stink about it, and they'd be like, yeah, you don't believe me? Go. You know, I need you as a witness to see this guy die, because I told you not to do it, and you did the thing that I told you not to do, and now you're dead, right? Right. Made it, like, nationally publicized that would have blew that place up years ago. Well, now, here's the thing, the disconnect that I had with the first movie. The whole, the big fucking plot hole that I had with the whole first movie is... I get that they were trying to just rush right into it and get into the story, but McCready was supposedly taking care of this place and keeping those things in there for decades. Mm. All right. At one point, these things went on a rampage and killed a bunch of people. Now, they don't just kill somebody and the body disappears. The body is still there, which is made very obvious when that first security guard gets killed, which we find out is not the first security guard to get killed underneath him. Mm. It was like the third... First of all, where are the bodies going? Second of all, why hasn't he been arrested at at this point? I think the, for the the security guards themselves, right? They ended up being in the vault and kind of became like food for the for the hobgoblins. Okay, so we're insisting that these things eat these guys after they've killed them. For the 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 ones who died inside the vault. Right. The people who died outside, I feel like they just wrote it off as accidents. Because I can't technically see your fantasy unless I believe that these are happening. Right, I understand that. But these things were supposed to have taken out the entire studio, pretty much. Like, they, he talked about this. The rampage mm-hmm. that these hobgoblins originally went on before he got them locked up in the vault, they took out most of the studio. Why do you think they need a security guard on at all times? And if they don't have the security guard on... The, um, the if an incident happens, right. then the studio won't take care of them. So they they writing this off like that stock market. It was crash. all it was all accidents. See, it was like oh this happened, this happened, this happened. No, there were no witnesses for this, so we can't say that this happened. Right. So it was an accident. It doesn't look like you killed him because no, it doesn't, there's no strangulation marks. There's nothing. The guy's just dead right there. No, this guy fell, hit his head. This guy um, was this guy fell off a cliff because he was jerking off. So in the end, it's kind of like... He could have prevented a lot of this tragedy, (laughs) all these people dying, by just putting it out there that it happened and really bringing forth... Like, if I brought up to you something up to you and you said, that's crazy, I'm like, no, for real, you know? And then eventually be like, watch, let me put this cat in that room. What happened to the cat? The cat died because of these of these hobgoblins. Well, I thought he like tried to bring it up, and when he brought it up, that's how this whole mess ended ended up happening. Like the studio, half the studio got killed. Well, half the studio got killed. He's tried bringing it up to the 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 owner of the 
the studio and he was just like, oh no, you're just making up stories. And it's well, like... The other thing, like these people just committed suicide. You know, hell, yeah, well, they yeah. all killed themselves because the studio's going under and, well, less people we have to feed and less people we have to pay, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're paying this security guard enough money. You know, let's not make another movie here ever again. Don't need to pay anybody else to make up stories. This is a movie studio lot. <laughs> what, what do you think we do here? Uh, not make up stories. We don't make up stories at the movie studio. We... Well, if it's the studio that filmed this, we, we try to make up stories, and instead we we make hobgoblins. And whatever, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. I kid. Huh. It's weird to me how, like, but that's why, at the end, that's why he's, like, my favorite character, though, because, like, he's held this secret in, and he's, like, trying to save people, and, you know, kind of weeding out the weak that don't listen to him, and they die, and he's just kind of, like, nonchalant about it, like, oh, quit again. <laughs> no. Well, he doesn't quit. He he blows up the Well, studio. no. Well, he, he got fired, but like everybody all the three people before Kevin like he was just kind of like, "Oh, they quit again." And he had to like bear that secret the whole entire time that like these killer creatures are in the vault. Right. Yeah, it's his uh partners are being killed off one by one. You think that he would have like Given that information to the other three guys that got killed, not tell them, hey, you know, there's, there's machinery downstairs. You sure, that might hurt you that. a little bit. And uh, and even still, up until just before the, the rock and roll dude got killed, you know, he was still telling them a lie. He wasn't telling them the truth about what was down there. And obviously he was getting old enough. He's getting long in the tooth. He needs to tell somebody, hey, this is what's going on. I'm going to need somebody that can actually do something to take care of this. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he also didn't want to ruin Kevin's life, is how he pretty much put it out to be. He was like, no, like, he, uh, Kevin's like, you know, I'll stay here, you know, I'll, I'll work here for the rest of my life and keep this secret. And he's like, no, like, enough is enough. You know? I mean, why didn't he blow up the studio years ago? I mean, did he have to wait for three security guards to get murdered before he, and half the studio before he finally said, you know what, let's just throw a grenade in here. I, th I think it was more Kevin's courageousness that and the fact that he got fired, like you know, like it was all that like rolled up in one. Yeah, fine, you're gonna fire me. I have the ultimate revenge right now. Nothing else to lose. What else are you gonna do to me? Well, we're gonna put you in the fucking nut house for the next movie. Three square meals a day. Three square meals a day People and enough electricity to, to get to my me. dick up. You know, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> enough electricity for everyone. Uh, uh but I, you know, I, and then. They have that weird machine in the second one that shows you what, like, like their deepest repressed memory, and it happens to be like a hobgoblin. Right. Well, Mr. McCready's. Uh, so, the the if you if you go to IMDb, the the second one was rated just point uh, zero two points higher than the first one, but it's still one of the considered one of the worst movies of all times by IMDb standards. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it like an 11%. Uh, IMDb gave it a 2.2 out of 10. Second one uh, got a 2.4 out of 10 and a 22% through uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'm guessing that's just because it had a higher quality film. It, it was just a nicer looking film than the original was. The Hobgoblins were a little bit more animated. Uh, not by much. But at least it didn't look like they were completely and utterly wrestling with stuffed animals the entire time. Uh, I'm going to give this an anarchy rating. My personal anarchy rating of a six.
A six yes. out of what? Out of ten. You're gonna give okay uh, as as to it being a bad movie. So it's no, you're, an to, anarchy rating uh, is uh, what I. This is brand new, guys. I just threw this on Chris. He has no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm surprised. I don't know what the hell's so going on here. We're gonna flash, have to flash, this flash, out. flash feature. Um, so we should do anarchy rating for this, and uh, you know we all of us have our different opinions of movies, and it's how you feel, feel where that ranks. So right now, you and me, I think it's a six out of ten because I enjoyed the movie, and it wasn't um, kill, the killing death. Oh, we'll get to that at a, another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but you know <laughs> what I mean. So like, here's where we. We've seen worse. Yeah. You know. So, like, obviously, the worst, worst of the worst movie is going to be a zero. The best low budget uh, film is going to end up being a ten. Like right. my my anarchy rating for a movie that I hope we do in the future would uh, be Rock and Rollers. Okay. That's a ten. I right. loved that movie. So I, I guess what we're you're, we're trying to get at here is that when we're rating movies, we're looking at. Low budget grindhouse, sometimes things that people made in their fucking basement. All right, so we're we're not rating high budget, you know, multi million dollar, billion dollar films. We're rating the lowest of the low for the most part. Things that that flew under the radar, things that were supposed to be great but ended up horrible. So I mean, and our our average anarchy rating for whomever is on that particular podcast. Hopefully, forget Rotten Tomatoes. All right, you okay. guys want to hear our rating, right? That's why you're listening to us. Okay. So I want to say I've seen, like I've said, I've seen a lot of bad movies, probably far more than you have. Yeah. Uh, I, I I have seen most of Troma's catalog. So when I'm rating, I'm coming from a different place than you are, and and you'll figure that out once I really start diving into the Troma catalog and throw in some shit that's not Tromeo and Juliet at you. Mm. Uh so, of all the bad movies I've seen, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go a little higher than IMDb did, and I'm gonna give it probably about a four. I'll give it about a four out of, out of ten for for my rating. And the second one, I, I'm gonna give a worse, maybe a three point five. So the first one, I mean, was a true so bad it's good kind of movie. The second one was them trying to bank off of the so bad it's good feel from the first movie, but not pulling it off at all. I did like their their little bit of jokes that they had, in, like when they go to go meet up with Daphne and Nick, and uh, he's like, as long as you just try to fight me with with like tool like garden tools. Yeah, so like, we're not fighting with garden tools this time. Well, he did. He tried to fight him with yeah, the garden but, tools, but and that, he just that tossed that the thing on the parody of the first. He took the rake this time, and and kid got the shovel, and he's like, ah, I'm not doing this, and he tossed it down. Yeah, you know, much to everybody's disappointment. Daphne's mostly. Daphne was very disappointed that there was no fight. She was real excited there was going to be one, and then there wasn't. She was going to get all hot and heavy. Because she likes it when Nick fights. And, uh, she's, she's turns out Nick's whore. a coward, and she's a scaredy cat, so. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Sometimes the people with the bravest face are the scaredest. Uh, and of course, you know, as we as we go along, we'll flesh out this rating system a little bit, yeah, even maybe I mean, put up a, some... This is a new, brand new concept. You know, like, so when you get an anarchy rating, we'll probably put it in our, um, put it in our title. You're going to know which ones you want to watch and which ones that are just, just, we're going to make jokes about. <laughs> well, as, as it stands, uh, we, we're taking the bullet for you. Mm-hmm. So these movies we consider, we, we consider a shot fired. And uh, either we're throwing ourselves in front of the bullet for you, we're telling you, hey, you might want to take the bullet on this one. Not for nothing. I guarantee you should watch all of these. I, I'm a big, big, low-budget film 
fan. I say, uh, I say, uh, a few, uh, few joints and a few beers and any of these movies would be fine to watch. Incorrect. No, no. You know what movie I'm talking about? Which movie are we talking about? Uh, the the one that we're gonna feature at one point in time for a little, the Killing Death. Ah, uh, well, no, I'd even say the Killing Death might be, might be worth it. it uh, Acid. We, we were definitely not in the right frame of mind, and honestly, there are points in that movie I liked there, too. There were other points where I was like, this is so ludicrously bad, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it hurts my brain. So I, I, I have to admit, I looked away several times, and, and I think I ended up like on my phone a few times just because I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Uh, but we'll work on the anarchy rating um, in the future. Oh, that brought to you by us. And you know what? If he, if he gets a good rating, watch it. If it doesn't, still watch it. Hey, Either you, way. You know you're not supposed to tap on. I know I'm cutting you off here, but you know you're not supposed to tap on the table. They can hear that. Yeah. You guys so need to hear my aneurysms. Yeah. Aneurysms? Whatever. You're having an aneurysm I'm after this? I'm having an aneurysm. Uh, and, of course, our, our lovely uh, co-hosts, uh, Nico and oh, and there we go. I'm gonna smack the computer after I told you not to tap the table. Nico and uh, or Miss B, I should say, and uh, Omar have not heard this rating system yet. Now I'm not sure if you're gonna hear this first little rating before or after we discussed it with them. Uh, this is uh, one of those podcasts that I and I will fully admit we try to throw some of the cannon beforehand in case the shit hits the fan and nobody can be there. Uh, me and Seth, uh, we're we're able to get together during the week almost any time. So we can kind of throw a few, what we'd call uh, backup podcasts, uh, a buffer podcast, if you will, uh, into the canon and have something nice and ready to go. Uh, that's what this is. So we, we watched Hobgoblins specifically for that. Hobgoblins. Uh, oh, that, what was that? What was that fantastic song in the first movie? Uh, you were a big Kiss fan Kicker. Of, yeah, Kiss Kicker. Kiss Kicker ninety nine. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. No, it was not 99, of course. Uh, I, I really liked that. And they actually continued it into the second one. I found that song on uh, Spotify, and I absolutely love it. added it to my list. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here to uh, bring uh, up a little bit of our uh, sponsor. And then we'll be right back, and we're going to do a little bit of trivia. Now, do you want to do a little pitch storm also? Uh, one-on-one -on -one pitch storm is. You get know. too graphic. You're right. Yeah, we. we, we, we I think you and me are the ones who get a little too graphic, anyways, on occasion. So we, we need the other, other folks to kind of balance us out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, will definitely do a little bit of trivia to end this out. All right, sounds good. sounds like a plan. All right, and we'll be right back. All right, so I'm not entirely sure how long this is gonna take, so. Uh, we, we both grabbed a nice little stack of cards for each of us. I'm going to go ahead and let Zeph, uh, you can start first. Go ahead. <laughs> what Michael J. Fox comedy tagline was, he's a big city plastic surgeon in a small town that doesn't take plastic. Oh, I already know what that is. That's uh, Doc Hollywood. All right, Mr. Movie Genius over there. Have you seen Doc Hollywood? No, I have not. Uh, I mean, of all of his movies, I want to say it's probably mid-range, but it's still well worth watching. Definitely well worth watching. Uh, we have so many comedy, th th like comedy movies that I've seen, and there's so many I haven't. So I'll uh, be. I want to say that that was like right around his. It was like a romantic comedy kind of thing. It was. It was not bad. You know, big city doctor in a small town. 
<laughs> you see a lot of that in movies, but it is one of one of his better movies. Uh, all right, here we go. Pre uh, pre Tremors. Tremors. Michael J. Fox says Parkinson's. Oh, I'm thinking the movie. Tremors. <laughs> pre okay. Tremors. Yeah. You said Tremors. I'm thinking. No, that's Kevin I was Bacon. Trying what the hell to, are you doing? I was trying to be politically correct, uh, and I had to end it with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. You, you did a bad job of being politically correct, because we went right into it. Yeah, yeah um, uh, you get one try, and then I'm going back to the best way I can go about it. <laughs> All right, your you, turn. You, you realize what fucking podcast we are, right? We're not supposed to be politically correct. I, I've we been trying. I've been trying, and it just ends on me sounding funny, because I say something. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, what 1983 thriller is based on a Stephen King novel and features a psychic man named Johnny Smith and a psychotic presidential candidate named Greg Stilson? Ooh. It's a USA television show. Oh, uh, honestly, I can't think of it. When you said Stephen King and then you said psychic, for some reason it was, I thought of the John Travolta one phenomenon, but I don't believe that that's it. And no, no. Um, then Dreamcatchers was the only. I'll other give you one. one other little hint, and it's a TV show. It's not a okay. Movie. So okay, the, uh, we're not talking about a movie. Uh, this this thriller it is a TV show. It was originally a movie starring Christopher Walken. Nope, uh, like an old seventies kind of flick. No, I'm, all right. I'll give this one to you. It is the Dead Zone. See, never seen it. You You've never seen the Dead Zone. I'm a I'm a little bit younger than you. You like sci-fi kind of? I do. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching. As as uh, Stephen King TV show adaptations go, that was one of the better ones. They kind of went off the rails near the end, but it was still well worth it. One of my favorite Stephen King's uh, movies was Storm of the Century. Ah, TV miniseries. Yes. Uh, the book that came out, and they put out a book, but it was like just the screenplay for the TV show. Yeah, essentially. I, I, like, I, okay. I like that one. All right, go ahead. Your turn. What movie stars Whoopi Goldberg, which directed by Steven Spielberg and was based on the novel by Alice Walker? So what movie uh, stars Whoopi Goldberg, was directed by Steven Spielberg, and was based on a novel by Alice Walker? I don't know a lot of Whoopi movies, but uh, we'll go with Jumpin' Jack Flash. Mm, no. No? No, no, Which no. one is that? The Color Purple. The co Oh, okay. Which I did not know was directed by Steven Spielberg. Nah, I did not know either. I not really a Spielberg thing, I thought, but okay. No, but I I actually watched that movie a lot when I was younger, and I didn't know the answer to that. So, fantastic. No, I have absolutely no idea. I didn't know that was a Stephen. No, not Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen Spielberg flick. Wait, okay. you know what? Matter of fact, I was talking about Stephen King for the Storm of the Century. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, it's Stephen King. Yeah. I said Spielberg earlier, didn't I? No, I think you said King. All right, whatever. We just got two Stevens stuck in our head. I now, know now. Slip flop. All right. So uh, next question: What creepy 1990 thriller had the tagline "The most frightening thing about J Jacob Singer's nightmare is that he isn't dreaming"? What 1990? The 1990 thriller. And this is a tough one too. And this is a movie I'd really like to get you to sit down and watch. It sounds like I'm gonna have to because I don't know. Um, 1993 thriller. Right, very trippy movie. Um, no, nothing. The movie's called Jacob's Ladder. Hmm. Ever get a chance to watch that? And I, I think this is one of those things I'm going to drag you over. We can go ahead and sit down, yeah. and watch that. But that is a 
fantastic film. Because of the, remember, the, you have to remember this. When I was younger, very strict Christian home, I was not allowed to watch a lot of things. So, like, my me branching out into movies was more when I was a little bit older. It's got a very uh, young, uh, geeky-looking Tim Robbins in it. Uh, but, yeah, it's a very good flick. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I like most movies. Most. All right. You're next. All right. Name the Russell Crowe movie with a tagline that reads, One man's extraordinary fight to save the family he loved. The Russell Crowe ma- movie, One man's fight to save... Extraordinary fight to save the family that he loved. Oh dear, Russell Crowe. I don't know a lot of Russell Crowe films either. That's it's weird. It's like when I when I I'm looking from the outside in mm-hmm. with just the actor's name. I'm trying to think of movies like I'm. I'm it's hard. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to give me that one. I have no idea. Cinderella Man. Uh, okay. I don't think I've seen that actually. See, there's a movie you haven't I, seen. Well, I have my, my head stuck so far up the ass of the Trollmask movies that uh, sometimes the really good movies, and that, I believe, was an award winner. Hmm. I, I don't think I've seen that, and that's like one of those things. Like I had, haven't seen like Chinatown and The Two Jakes. I really want to watch those movies. Hmm. Award-winning movies. Fantastic fucking movies. Haven't seen them. <laughs> so it's I love those really bad movies so much that I've been kind of deprived of seeing the uh, the award-winning films, the really good ones. Uh, okay, so let's do let's go with this one. What Adam Sandler movie's tagline was, if your father was the devil and your mother was an angel, you'd be messed up too. Yeah, 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 it's Little Nicky. Little Nicky. <laughs> and, uh... But, but at least they could. I'm going to cough again. Hold on. <coughs> of all of the Adam Sandler movies that I've watched... And I know this is not a general consensus. Probably one of my favorites. I love Little Nicky. I wasn't allowed to watch it for the longest time. Like, and I ended up watching it years after. And everybody was talking about it. And I was, I was like, it can't be that good. You know what I mean? Kind of like in denial. And finally I ended up watching it. And I was like... Same Mr. Beefy. <coughs> Same Mr. Beefy. And I'm done. <laughs> love the dog. And you know that was his dog, too. Yeah, he, he, Meatball's been in a few of his movies. Uh, See, like Adam Sandler movies, if you start asking me questions about those, I'm pretty up there on knowledge about him. Well, if I find any other Adam Sandler movies in here, I'll let her rip. Sure, it's up. Well, I mean, I'm not saying do it, but, you know, if it comes along and you want to ask, ask. The one word completes the following movie titles. Okay. Dark blank, silver blank, or sin blank. City. That's the only thing I can think of. Yes. yes. And uh, I've seen all of them. Silver City, Dark City. And Sin City. And Sin City. Have you seen Dark City? No, I don't Another one so. of my favorite little sci-fi trip fests. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies I've got to introduce you to. I feel like I'm deprived because you've seen a lot of those really big movies that I haven't. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of those movies that floated under the radar that you haven't. Right. I mean, they're, they're two halves of same coin over here. I'm very, very big into, like, new movies and everything also. So, I mean, I guess in the same vein as I've got, you've got to give me the time to pollute your mind, and I've got to give you the time to educate mine. Right. So, I mean, the, like I said, I have Showbox, so any new movie that comes out in theaters, I, if it's interesting, I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Alright, so, next, uh, next question. What 2005 Flav, 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 Flav
2005 Tim Burton movie was, or has, sorry, the tagline, Loving You is Like Loving the Dead. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? No, um... <laughs> no, but I, I want to say in and around the same style. Yeah, no, it's, um... It's Probably the same actors. No, not really. Frank and Weenies? No. That's way after, right? Oh, uh, Do you know, know the answer to this? Yes, I do know the answer okay. to this. Um... Like I said, it was one Claymation of those animated films. Yeah, yes. um, Claymation animated. Would it be Caroline? There's one you're missing, a big one. I know, and I'm, I'm getting mad because I can't think of it. You want me to, get, you want me to give that yeah, to you? Okay, it. throwing that out there, The Corpse Bride. You see, that's I have not watched that one. You haven't seen... Oh, jeez. That's one of the better ones. Better than Frankenweenie, anyway. I haven't seen Frankenweenie either, but it's on my list of things to watch. <laughs> and that's what, like, I've seen, I've seen, like, every trailer for it, and it's just like... It's there, but I like. Ah. Well, sir, I've got kids, so uh, you can understand that uh, I've seen most animated things. Some animated things that I, I made the the misstep of allowing them to watch to begin with. Like you know, I shouldn't have let my my then twelve year old watch Sausage Party. Uh, that was probably a bad idea. And uh, my my lovely boy over here, Alex, who's sitting right next to us playing Apex on the television. Uh, we polluted his mind at an early age with some severely bad choices. So, uh, American Pie. American Pie. Oh yeah, there was a lot of things. Yep. And uh, the look on Alex's face—it wasn't the nudity. It was the look on Alex's face when uh, Jim was fucking the pie on the on the counter. That was just—I don't think I should be watching this, Dad. It's okay. Go ahead, watch the movie. It's fine. He only fucks you know the pie for five minutes. Wait, didn't you take me to the theaters to watch? I didn't that? take you. No, that was way before. No, I didn't take you to the theater to watch that. We watched the trilogy back when it was still a trilogy. Okay. Your move, sir. Name. Oh, wait. oh is it my move? No, no you. Your move. you uh, name the 1997 satire about a, this a scheme to cover up a presidential scandal by producing a fake war. Oh, wag the dog. Guys, do you see? You guys don't see this, but my face is just like, dude. How do you know this crap? Like, I, I, I had, I had little Nikki. That's all I got, and I watch a lot of movies. Start asking me some modern day stuff. Modern day stuff. Modern day. Stuff. Okay, how about this? Who plays the title role in the two thousand three black comedy Bad Santa? Uh, fucking, dude, I, I hate this. I know exactly. That's what. I do. Bad Santa. Bad it's Santa. Um, you can see he's his in. Face. He's in fucking uh, Bad News Bears. School for Scoundrels. School, yeah, he, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. There you go, Billy Bob Thornton. Otherwise <laughs> uh, known as Angelina Jolie's former blood mate. You now they used to go around carrying vials of blood mm. that were on their necklaces, like vials of each other's blood. Creepy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Angelina Jolie was kind of special. She has a sweatshop. She doesn't need to sweat anymore. She's like a stick. No, well, yeah, no, but she has a bunch of I know adopted children making yeah. making Nikes in her backyard. Um, just kidding. I love you. Uh, you do. I, <laughs> I, I'm indifferent. All right. Your turn. And then what 1995 movie does a fighter named Ivan Drogo try to uh, intimidate his opponent with the line, I will break you? I will break you. That would be Rocky Four. Yes. Now, I started reading this question, and when I midway got through it, I was like, fuck. Yeah, he's going to know. <laughs> like, <this. laughs> now, 
Uh, bonus points if you can name. Bonus points for you if you can name the actor. Uh, and he's been in a lot of recent stuff. He's too. been in a lot of things. I mean, they brought him back, you know. Yeah. Um, thanks to the Expendables. Something, Commissioner Croft. No, I don't. No. I, Commissioner Croft. No, Dolph Lundgren. See, I no? guess that I I know his face. I know his and, face. Uh, Any movie he comes in, his woman, his trainer in that movie, was uh, Flava Flav's former girl, Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, really. Yeah. Flavor, flave. I would break you. I would break you. Yeah, honestly, once I got, I was like, uh, I've enjoyed. Uh, all right, this one should be easy for you. I'm throwing. I'm. I am literally throwing you an underhand pitch right now. Underhand slow pitch. Swinging a miss. This out of the park. What nineteen? Oh, bear with me a moment. I've got to adjust myself. I'm about to read a card, but I am sitting in such a position that ah, my uh, left butt cheek and leg have fallen the fuck asleep. And I'm trying to get some circulation back. Oh, no. Oh, that's what you get for sitting on the floor. All right. <laughs> what 1991 movie turned hasta la vista, baby, into a popular catchphrase? The Terminator. Judgment See? Day. Terminator... Two. Terminator Two, yes. If you said three, I would have kicked you in the leg. And I am <laughs> close enough to do that. Yes, you are, but your butt cheeks are numb, so I don't know if you'd have enough power. Uh, it would be a. <laughs> it'd be like throwing a very large wet noodle at you, but yeah. <laughs> no homo. <laughs> I said a very large wet noodle, not my very large wet noodle. <laughs> Whose head's in the gutter? Mine. Anyway. Um, so, name the Oscar-winning actress who starred in Fargo, Wonder Boys, and Almost Famous. Oh, fuck. Uh, I want to say Laura Linney? No. No. Ah, uh, shit, what's her name? It's not Laura Linney, because I, I know who that is. Uh... Fuck, want, a, want a hint? You can give me a hint, but... Because it's, uh... Begins with an F. F? Nope, go ahead. Whatever. I, Francis I McDormand? Uh, Francis McDormand. Okay, yeah. You got me with one I don't know. Yes! Congrats. Bing, 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 bing. Someone ring the bells. He stumped the Chris. All right. Uh, what 1987 horror movie has a boy named Sam frantically telling his brother, you're a creature of the night, Michael, just like out of a comic book? 1987. Think about it. I'll read that again to you. What 1987 horror movie has a boy named Sam frantically telling his brother, you're a creature of the night, Michael, just like out of a comic book? And this is a big one, too. This one should be easy. And if you haven't seen this film, I might kick you for that. You might have to kick me, because it's not drawing any... Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start naming actors in the movie. And then, hopefully it'll ring a bell for you. So, we've got Bill Winter, of Bill and Ted fame. Kiefer Sutherland. Anything yet? Corey Feldman. Corey Haim. Both in the same movie. No? No. Nothing. nothing. Zero zilch nada. Vampire movie. It's a vampire movie with all those people in it. I'm not sure I, you recognize I anybody else. Love Vampire. The Lost movie. Boys. Never seen it. You've never seen The Lost Boys? I wasn't Boys? allowed to. Oh my god. 
Oh my god! I wasn't allowed to watch anything. Like I said, like you, you're asking me 1987 questions. I was born in 1990. I mean, I've been out of the loop for a lot of things, but even I, that that's a big. Oh, I gotta get that for you now. That's we're just gonna have like have a weekend that. where I just drag you over here and just <laughs> we cram in a bunch of movies. Smoke a lot. Smoke a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to research something. You want me to throw another question at you while you're doing yes, that? Yes, because I want to see if I have it. it honestly, if it's a if it's a larger movie, and it, like then I more than likely have it on Showbox. Okay, so uh, we'll go with what 1999 sci-fi spoof had the tagline: "The show has been canceled, but the adventure is just beginning." And we actually discussed this movie the last podcast that we had been on because, and I'm, I'm going to give it away here. Uh, not the last podcast, but a couple of podcasts ago, we did a uh, John Dies in the End podcast. Mm-hmm. And the uniforms worn by the officers at the end of the movie were also seen, or were they were used in that movie. So they reused those for John Dies in the End. Oh, them. Galaxy Quest. Very good. Yes, right. There you go. Spot on. And yes, I have this movie. You have that movie? Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to watch that. Right, that that was like one of the seminal vampire movies of, of my my youth. Mm. Right there, right up there. It all started with Blade for me. Uh, that was seminal, not semen. Seminal semen. Okay, now you got a question for me. All huh? right, throw one at me. Sort of, kind of. Name the writer director star behind writer writer director star behind Lost in America, M- Mother. And defying, defending your life. Lost in America, mother, and defending your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that writer, America. Sorry, writer, director, and star, and all three of them. Mm-hmm. Lost in America, mother, and. Uh, I want to say it's a dude. I have no idea. Go ahead. Albert Brooks. Oh, all those are the older movies. Uh, maybe I haven't seen those. Oh, Mother. Oh, I have seen Mother. Wow, okay. Albert Brooks. He's the guy that pl- did the voice of uh, of uh, Nemo's dad. Okay, all right. He did Nemo's dad. Okay. Hmm. That took me a sec. All right. Uh, nope, you wouldn't know that one. I was going to give you something. I'm like, you don't. I don't think you'd know that movie at all. What movie has Jack Nicholson manically declaring, Wendy, I'm home? Uh, don't look at me like that. And Alex... <laughs> okay, I might like Alex. Alex just shot around. He was playing his game and then shot around the second I say this. Alex, you give us the answer. The Shining. The Shining, exactly. We, we, just, uh, <laughs> we just let uh, 14-year-old Alex uh, watch The Shining for the first time. Oh, so recently. Recently. No wonder yes. why. We got the Blu-ray. By and far my favorite. He Go watched that home. by himself, too. <laughs> I'm surprised. Did you put it in the freezer, Joey? No. No? Okay. Oh, my God. Wait, I just got that reference. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, no. Okay. Your turn. Then we got time for maybe two or three more questions. What 1987 chick flick had a 2004 sequel that was sub, uh, subtitled Savannah, uh, Havana Nights. Uh, that would be the sequel to Dirty Dancing. Sir, yes, The sir. worst sequel for a movie. Uh, oh. The worst? Just, oh. I, 
If I if I was not afraid of damaging the equipment, I would bomb it right here. I would stick my finger down my throat and bomb it everywhere. <laughs> it, it, it promotes that kind of anger in me. Okay. Uh, so we'll move on. Because mm, I, I want to... I, I got a question for you. So here's one that you may or may not know. What romantic comedy is Drew Barrymore's character uh, one... Oh, sorry. Fifty first dates. In what romantic comedy is Drew Barrymore's character one bad marriage away from having the name Julia Gulia? Oh, I jumped the gun there. Um, You're close. Um, it's with Adam Sandler. Yes. Um, it's the only fifty first dates. It's the other one. The other film with him and her in it. Um, poop. Uh, Think a a very eighties centric movie. It was very eighties. Uh, the wedding planner. No, yes, yes. Uh, the the wedding singer. Singer. There we go. Not the wedding planner. Okay. Uh, one, I, I I got all right. This one here. You got one I, more I question got, here for me, and then uh, I got one more for you. Name Scarlett O'Hara's Southern Plantation and Gone with the Wind. What? Name, I have to name the plantation. Yes. Okay. You know, first of all, I haven't watched a lot of big box office movies. This is like a 1960s movie. Like the fact yeah, that I know the fact before that I know 1960s. This, uh, we're gonna have to Google you're gonna the, have the to, year for that. But go ahead and give me the name because I have no Terra Plantation. Yeah, I had T A R no clue. All right, and we're gonna end this out with another Oscar award. Not maybe, maybe not Oscar award. Yeah, 1939 yeah. Academy film. Award. 1939. So that's yeah, old, old. That's old. Uh, and this is gonna be. Jamie Foxx won his first Academy Award for what movie? Back to the Future. Jamie Foxx? Oh, Jamie Foxx. Not Michael J. Foxx. We were talking about Parkinson's earlier. Jeez, no, Jamie Foxx. The other... Just repeat the question. Motherfucker Jones, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Motherfucker Jones. Jamie Foxx won his first Academy Award for what movie? His first Academy Award for what movie? And, and mind you, like it, it blows my mind that Jamie Foxx is getting Academy Awards after watching him in, in Living Color. <laughs> Some of the stuff that he did on that just... Ooh. His first Academy Award. Is yes. it um, Taxi? Taxi, no. I'll give you a hint. He was blind the entire movie. Oh, Ray. There Ray we go. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. I didn't watch that one. All right, and with that, uh, that is going to be the end of our podcast. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in and listening, uh, wherever the hell you might be, whether it's on Breaker, Spotify, uh, Podcoin, uh, the iTunes uh, podcast store, or the Google podcast store. Uh, or maybe if you stop into the pe- uh, Steampunk station, you know, get a, get a first look at us, especially... Um, Especially since we're pretty funny and uh, great people to meet. If you ever get a chance to stop by Steampunk Station on a Sunday, we're usually there. Uh, I want to say occasionally there, not usually. I want to say maybe uh, one podcast a a month. We go and spend and uh, record out of the Steampunk Station. We'll be there. Eat some breakfast. Uh, And uh, it's usually between about noon and 5 o'clock that we're recording. It's a large time frame, but... Hell, if you just happen to stumble across us and have listened all the way to the end, well, thank you for taking the time to do so. Uh, Outside of that, uh, from uh, me and Seth here, you fuckers have a wonderful night. And uh, do me a favor and commit that. Commit that? Commit that. Commit that to what?
Do whatever you want to think with commit that means. Commit that? Commit that. Okay. Commit I, murder, suicide, whatever you want to do. It's uh, no, Commit to no. a marriage. Commit to a marriage. Commit that. Get committed. <laughs> get committed. Like McCready, get committed. Get committed, committed to a mental asylum. Do not. Don't listen to Seth. Do not commit suicide or murder. I don't know what the fuck he's doing over here. Jeez. It was Com- just commit that. You can commit to anything. Okay, you can commit to something, not commit the act of. C- commit that. It could be commit that. You know, you, we're not we're not doing a Louis C.K. thing. You know, commit to the act of masturbation into a plant in front of a bunch of girls. Don't do that. Yeah, listen. You, for this other movie that we were just watching, why do we say things and why do things happen for no reason? Uh, yeah. No reason is the best reason to do anything. Pretty much. That there is. <laughs>